We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And I got a great episode lined up for you today. Really interesting stuff. And honestly, you're not going to hear content like this many other places. Today, we're going to be talking to a Catholic priest, an actual exorcist on Halloween I don't know if it gets any better to the, better than that. I just want to remind you, if you enjoy this content, please subscribe to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Subscribe to the Finding Freedom solo feed if you just want to get my shows or if you just want to share uh, my show and, and this show specifically, you can share from the Finding Freedom solo feed. Just search Finding Freedom John Odermatt and it'll pop right up. Um, I don't want to waste a lot of time. Just want to get to this interview. So let's roll with it. All right. We are live, and I am joined here by Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti. Uh, he is the president of the St. Michael Center for Spiritual Renewal and a whoops, lost my page here, and a research associate professor at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. He's a licensed psychologist and the author of several books. Monsignor Rossetti has participated in hundreds of exorcisms. Uh, during his journey to priesthood, he experienced a spiritual episode in which, and I quote, he says, in two seconds, I learned 80% of what an exorcist needs to know. Monsignor, welcome to Finding Freedom. Well, it's it's great to have you on the show and you know, this is the the second episode in about a month or, or six weeks or so that <clears throat> we've talked about exorcisms. And, uh, you know, th this is a show where we talk about all different manners of finding freedom, be it financially, entrepreneurship, spiritually, and uh, especially, you know, this time of year with, with Halloween happening, this, air, this airing on Halloween, um, this is the type of thing that does come to people's mind. Um, obviously, a, a very, very serious topic. I, I myself, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I'm not a Catholic. Um, I, I definitely do believe in the devil. I, I believe in, in good and evil. And uh, really interested in, in learning more about exorcism. But first, before we get to that, I want to learn about you. And I want my audience to, to learn your background and really your story. So maybe a good place to start is... At the beginning, what brought you uh, into priesthood, and what, what was your journey into the priesthood? Well, uh, that's a complicated question, but uh, I am a graduate of the Air Force Academy, and I spent six years in the Air Force, a wonderful uh, time, and mm -hmm. next year is our 50th uh, reunion, so I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I served uh, happily in the Air Force, uh, and I'd always been kind of a religious kid, you know, uh, but I felt more and more strongly called. I think uh, it was just a, a, it was just a calling. I mean, I was praying more. I was doing holy hours. I was, and I just felt uh, drawn uh, to that. Uh, 
I actually spent a short amount of time as a Carthusian monk too, which people know, <laughs> people don't know that, but uh, they're hermits. And it's a wonderful life of really prayer and solitude with the Lord. And that was really very formative in my spiritual life. Still is, I'm a closet monk. Uh, but then after, but I got uh, claustro, a little claustrophobia, like fear of the, clo- the, cl- the cloister, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went to Dawson Priesthood and I've been a Dawson Priest now for 38 years. So uh, we're served in two parishes, uh, became a licensed psychologist. I spend most of my time uh, in priesthood serving as a priest psychologist and most of the time helping priests and nuns uh, who have had psychological problems. And only my last iteration, if you will, hopefully last, uh, is that now I'm an, an exorcist as well as a professor. And this uh, drawing to to becoming an exorcist, it, it, uh, you, you tell the story in your book. It, it, can you can you go through um, sure. can, what, what I referenced in the introduction there with the uh, two seconds, you learned 80% of what it takes to be an exorcist? Right. Well, uh, I mean, I wasn't an exorcist. I was a seminarian, of course. And uh, I was lying in bed. I was not asleep. Uh, and all of a sudden, wham, I mean, just uh, there was this incredibly uh, powerful and uh, lightning fast evil force attacking me. And by the grace of God, I knew exactly what it was, even though it's never happened before to me. Uh, I was it was I was attacked by by the devil. And uh, I knew that, that I was going to be overwhelmed. And so I, I all of a sudden flashed in front of my brain that my rosary beads were down at the bottom of the bed. So I lunged out of bed, grabbed the rosary beads, and the minute I grabbed them, uh, it left. And that pretty much taught me what you need to know as an exorcist, uh, that the devil uh, do never go mano-mano, face-to-face with the devil. He's, he's uh, much more powerful than you are personally and moves with a speed of thought, lightning fast. And so, but, but I, I, I reached out to Our Lady uh, and a Blessed Virgin, the Mother of Jesus, and thus the power of Christ, and instantly the devil is dust and gone. And that's what we do as an exorcist. It's not me. It's Jesus, ultimately, mm-hmm. who casts out uh, Satan. It's, it's Jesus, you're a Christian, it's Jesus in the gospel who crushes Satan's kingdom. And so uh, that's all I do. Is, uh, the devil oftentimes, an exorcism is a want to goad me into sort of a, a mono If I don't fight with the devil, I said, I'm not your problem. I said, I'm not your problem. Jesus is your problem. And in Jesus' name, I command you to leave. I think I think a question that that, that people ask, and um, when I had on the, the previous episode where we talked about exorcisms, um, a question I got was, "Why does God allow this to happen?" And you talked about Satan and, and demons moving at the speed of thought. Um, why did why does God allow us to be to be tempted by by well, evil? I- it's a, it's a larger question. Why does God allow evil to begin with? I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot worse things than, than, than those. I mean, think of all the, the horrors that are going on in Ukraine. Why does God allow that? Why does God allow adults to, to murder and rape children? I mean, these are horrible crimes. Uh, and uh, why does God allow that? God, well, the short answer is that God gives us freedom. He lets us choose. And if we, if we can't choose and we can't love because uh, we're not slaves, we, ch- we freely choose to love God and love our neighbors. So God gives us a real choice. And ultimately, that choice will land you uh, in heaven or hell by, mm-hmm. by what you choose. 
it, it, kind of related to that question. God, God does give that that choice, that that freedom, but these these demons and Satan are are on somewhat of, of a leash. If, if that's the, I think that's the terminology you, you lo- use in the book. Yeah, there, uh, and and that's uh, good news that the Lord allows them to tempt us, and as many saints uh, witness in their lives, when Satan, first of all, John, as you know, Satan tempts all of us, tempts you, tempts me, tempts all of us. Most of us are not possessed, but Satan tempts us, and so even and when we overcome those temptations, we grow in grace and we get stronger in the spiritual life. So. Those temptations that God allows are, are moments of sanctification. Uh, but Shane's on a leash. The, in exorcism, they'll always say things like, we're going to kill you, we're going to maim you. I get this all the time in, in, uh, in exorcism, and, and it's just not true. I mean, God does not allow the demons directly to kill us or maim us. Uh, he can uh, torment us a bit, but uh, he's, Satan's on a short leash. So let's let's get into... What is demonic possession? How does it happen? Um, how do people find themselves in a situation where they are possessed by demons? Well, first thing I would say would be uh, there's a lot of people who don't believe in it. You know, fine, whatever, that's their business. Uh, but as John Paul II, the Pope John Paul II said, if you don't believe in Satan, uh, then you don't believe in the gospel. Uh, an honest reading of the gospel, whether you're a Baptist or an evangelical or a Lutheran or a Catholic, an honest reading of the Bible shows that Jesus you know, certainly believed in exorcisms, and the Bible is shot through them. So uh, it's, it's de fides. It's of the faith if you're, you're a, a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but most of the time, right, this, we, the difference between uh, Satan's ordinary uh, activity and his extraordinary activity, his ordinary activity, as I said, he tempts all of us. And we all get tempted by the devil. His extraordinary, sometimes he's allowed by God's uh, 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 will allowing it uh, to oppress and even sometimes possess uh, people. Now, he doesn't control their wills, but he can control their bodies and uh, uh, jerk them around emotionally as well. Uh, so uh, typically... When that happens, here's I, 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 I tell this somewhat uh, ironically to people. I say, look, uh, I've got a three-step process. You want to get possessed? I give you a three-step process getting possessed. Works every time. Number one, uh, stop practicing the faith. Our Christian faith, as Ephesians 6 tells us, is, is, our, is our shield. God is our shield. Christ is our truth. Christ is our sword. So when you stop practicing the faith, you take off your armor. So stop practicing the faith. Number two, if you want to get possessed, uh, start committing serious sins. That creates a wound and uh, starts creating some vulnerabilities. And then step three, if you want to get possessed, start doing occult stuff, practicing witchcraft, practicing magic. You know, there's this Halloween stuff we're talking about. You start Mm -hmm. practicing witchcraft, magic, and uh, you keep it up. You keep it up for a while, and eventually you're going to have a problem. So so the the types of people that... um... Or I should say, th- those who who come come to you for help, who who are possessed, is is this something? You talked about the three step process. Is this something that you know maybe they've been living a life for a long time like this, or is this something that can happen rather rather quickly? Well, I mean, yeah, this is not a mathematical. I would say there are two basic things 
people can can get possessed by what they did themselves, mm-hmm. or sadly, people can get possessed by what was done to them and not their own fault, which again seems unfair, but people do bad things to kids all the time. It's not their fault. And for example, we have a, a young woman we're praying over right now. She, her father was a Satanist. Her mother was a witch. They dedicated her to uh, to Satan. Now, the good news wow. is she she rejects it, but she's possessed. I mean, they gave her to Satan, and uh, but now Christ claims her. She's in the process of getting freed. So uh, it can be possession can be results of their own uh, uh, weaknesses and sins, or it can be something that 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 was done to them. So. I think when people think about possession, you know, they think about the movie, The Exorcist. You know, they think about the, you know, the the image of that of that girl, you know, sitting straight up in in bed and, and making those noises. Um, are, are these are these the types of characteristics that you see in a in a person who is possessed? What, what are some of the, you know, the the most crazy things, for lack of a better term, that you've that you've seen, or any anyone that, that you can share, I guess I should say, uh, that you've that you've come across that really you know made you made you open your eyes. Well, uh, the Exorcist, the movie in the seventies, was actually based on a real case, uh, and the, and the notes of the Jesuit who did the exorcism are available now in a book. I, I bought a, I bought a couple copies of the book, and it's a great reading for an exorcist because you. You see his notes and exactly what happened. Mm. And you say, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. It was a classic case of possession. And the kid was using a Ouija board as a young lad. And the kid was using a Ouija board for, for months. And he got possessed. Of course he did. And uh, the good news was he was liberated by the grace of God. St. Michael, the archangel, showed up and, and liberated him. Uh, and he went on to live a happy life, a holy life. He just died uh, a few years ago. So he just he lived a good life. And. Yeah, uh, he's gone. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's based on a real case. Now, I've actually never seen the movie. I don't need to. I get too much of it. You know, I don't need to see the movie. And I know this. I, I see little snippets of it. And and uh, I mean, there's some Hollywood stuff. People's heads don't spin around, you know. And right. the, and I think the priest supposedly died at the end of the movie. The priest who did it didn't die. He lived a long life. So I, I was recently told that one diocese doesn't want to have an exorcist because they're afraid that. The, the priest might die. And I said, that's nonsense. That's from the movie. Jesus protects us. Satan's always threatening me. You know, I is, just, it, is it common for, for sorry to interrupt, but um, is yeah. it common for most dioceses to have their own exorcists? The Holy yeah. Father said every diocese in the world is supposed to have one. I would say in this country, slightly more than half uh, have one. But, uh, you know, some don't. And frankly, it's creating a, a problem for the rest of us because people from their dioceses are calling us. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I wish the bishops would all appoint uh, and train an exorcist. Um, so there, there's different degrees of demonic possession, right? You, you talk about in the book, there's there, there's weak and there's strong. There's being possessed by, um, I guess, sub-levels of demons. And then there's the, if getting possessed by Lucifer himself, right? right. So can you... Kind of talk through how how that works because that's that's hard to even hard to even comprehend honestly. Well, first of all, understand the angelic world. Uh, angels are in a hierarchy. You know that there's nine choirs of angels, and the highest angel is more 
the stronger and more powerful than, mm -hmm. than the weakest one. Now they're all beautiful spiritual beings and live in the Lord's presence, but but there is a hierarchy among them, and they kept that hierarchy when they fell and went to hell. So Lucifer is in charge of them of the uh, of hell, and he has a bunch of lieutenants, you know, Beelzebub and you know Baal and you know Baphomet and all those you know the cast of characters, uh, and it goes all the way down to the the the, the lesser ones, uh, and so. You know, some people have uh, varying degrees of uh, demons. I remember one case, I command them to tell me how many, how many demons were there. And they said, well, you know, Rosetti, they'll call me Rosetti. Rosetti said, uh, there's too many too many of us and we're too deep. There were, there were about 800, I think it's 840 or something in that case. But they all went eventually, of course. Uh, but so, but there is, there are varying levels. Some people possessed by more demons, some less, some higher demons, lower. So sure, they're all, the cases are all different. In in today's world, you know, people throw throw around the term evil. Um, you know, you know, speaking of wars, speaking of uh, you know, different different ter terrible acts that happen that we see in the news, people being murdered, raped, all these different things. Um, even atheists, you know, I, I've a, atheist friends who who say who who recognize that there's there's evil in this world, and I'm I'm just curious when you hear this kind of is going pivoting off of exorcisms for a little bit, but kind of related, I think. Uh, just just jumped in front of mind, so I figured I'll, I'll ask you. Don't often get a, a conversation with a with a priest, so how how do you? Uh, address someone like that if you come across someone like that that recognizes evil but they're not a christian and they don't recognize the the opposite to evil they don't recognize jesus they don't recognize the truth well you know that's interesting because today you find a lot of people who either don't believe in god or kind of agnostic but they believe mm -hmm. in the devil i was uh, exercising one exactly. woman who uh was not a christian uh, but we did do a successful exorcism over her. And I told her, we're going to exercise you in the name of Jesus. She did fine. But she didn't really, you know, really believe in him, frankly. Uh, but, she, but, she knew, but she knew she had demons. I mean, she, but, but she didn't believe in God. And I, really? I think, yeah. I think going, well, if you believe in demons, then you believe in a spiritual world. Where, where do you think these demons came from? They make themselves? I mean, you know that mm -hmm. uh, so I just saw, I think what happens is people don't think very much about these issues and don't think very clearly about them. Uh, we have a lot. I mean, I was exercising. We have one woman we're exercising uh, right now who, who was a, a Catholic and a Christian, fell away, started practicing uh, on a, uh, a pagan religion. And we're going, what? You went from worshiping the one God to worshiping a whole panoply of, of pagan mm -hmm. demons, pagan, all these pagan gods, all, you know, heaven full of a whole bunch of warring, you know, with they gave that up 2,000 years ago with mm -hmm. the, the Greek and Roman gods, and now you're falling back into it. I mean, it, it's just, it just, as the French would say, incroyable. Unbelievable. It, it just makes no sense. Yeah. So the, that case you were talking about with, with the woman who is an atheist and, and believed in demons and being mm -hmm. possessed and understood she was possessed, I, I assume, but but didn't believe in, in God, are, are you able to exercise the demons through the name of Jesus if the person is an atheist and not accepting of God? That all, all we, first of all, 
it, the, the demons will leave when God tells them, you know, when God's, God's in charge. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he was particularly uh, generous to this woman. I think through this, I think he was calling her to be a believer. I think she kind of was thinking about it. You know, I think that this experience, of course, kind of opened her eyes a bit. Mm-hmm. She was appalled when she found out she was possessed, but but she had a whole pagan background that uh, that invited him in. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I ca- it can be, uh, ironically, having demons can be a grace in the sense of calling you to to rely on uh, a higher power, as we say, relying on, relying on the Lord. So, yeah, in this case, it did work. It actually, it only took six months, which is pretty fast for a full possession case. So I think God was really... Uh, lenient and merciful with her. That was my next question, actually. So you, you said this case took six months. So what's the, what's the gamut? I mean, can, can this, can, can, uh, you know, possession be, be, be rectified within a couple of days or does it typically take that duration of time, weeks and months in order to. Well, it depends on what the situation is. And remember, as we, you implied earlier that there are varying levels there's mm-hmm. you know, someone who's fully possessed all the way over to a very minor possession or or a, what we call an obsession or oppression. So some demonic influence, but not a full possession. Most of the people come to us who have demons are not fully possessed. They have some demonic influence, uh, but are not possessed. We generally oppressed or, or obsessed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd say about, you know, three to seven sessions, they're, they're fine. But, when someone's really possessed, uh, you know, if we get done in six months, we're really happy. You know, typically it'll it'll take at least six months to two years, and and sometimes longer. We had one case and went five years, so uh, you just never know exactly how long it takes. You you referenced uh, sessions, six or seven sessions. So so what what typically takes place during a session? Well, you know, people should sign up for our monthly online deliverance sessions, and you'll you'll experience it. Now, the online sessions are not solemn exorcisms, but they are a lesser deliverance prayers. So uh, once a month, next one's November 28th. We just had one last night. Uh, we hit, do an online deliverance session. And in there, you you, you go through the whole, uh, the whole uh, process and what the prayers are and... Uh, People find them very powerful, very healing. Uh, they can register at catholicexorcism.org. So www.catholicexorcism.org. And uh, they won't be able to register for a couple of days. Uh, we'll put this new site up in, 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 a, in a few days. But we had 12,000 people sign up for last night's session. Uh, okay. So it's a real need. And and uh, But we essentially... What an exorcism or even deliverance prayer is in this case would be a priest uh, with faculties uh, in an exorcism uh, saying the right of the church, the right of exorcism over the person. And I would say, you know, half an hour to two hours would be mm-hmm. a typical session. Okay. So one more question here. Uh, so this time of year, today is Halloween. This is airing on Halloween. Uh, do you see an uptick? in possessions or is there any time of year or certain events that, that do lead to, you know, seeing more of an uptick in, in possessions? 
Well, those are involved in the in this the the spiritual world, especially the dark world, like like we are uh, in terms of our prayer. Uh, Halloween is a time of evil, you know. It's uh, it's what we call a demonic uh, inversion. Uh, Lucifer takes holy things and twists them to mock the Lord. For example, Black Mass takes the holy thing of a mass. They usually steal a consecrated host and desecrate it in Black Mass. Or uh, the demonic hour. Three in the morning is a typical hour of, of rampant evil compared to three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus was crucified. So Satan takes those and hmm. twists them. Or many times where people possess, they'll be burnt, like when one of them burned on her neck, a four-inch upside-down cross. Satan saying, this person belongs to me. Again, twisting hmm. something yeah. like the cross of Jesus. Halloween is a, a perversion. Uh, All Hallows Eve. It's the eve of a beautiful feast called All Saints. November 1st is the Feast of All Saints. So Satan takes that and, and uh, kind of uh, is somewhat more rampant, frankly, on Halloween. And, for example, witches will often gather on Halloween and do their you know, coven thing, cursing, sadly. And uh, we've experienced quite a bit of demonic uh, stuff on Halloween, more so than normal. And so what we do is we pray. We, we have, we're going to have a holy hour. Uh, and we're going to pray in uh, the beautiful Feast of All Saints. Okay. I, I said one more question, but I just thought of another one. I think this will be a quick one. So I th- think it's important to reference this too. You talked about earlier the three ways if you know if somebody wanted to get possessed, hopefully no one does who's listening to this, but the three ways that the, you could almost guarantee that. What are ways that people can protect themselves from uh Well, from first demons? of all, I said Ephesians 6, uh, mm-hmm. you know, God and Jesus are our shield and our truth. So practice the faith. And we say trust in Jesus. I mean, obviously we're Christians and Catholics. Mm-hmm. And so trust in Jesus, practice the faith, number one. So you reverse those three steps. Yeah. Stop doing the magic thing. Stop doing occult uh, stuff. Stop all that uh, astrology and, and uh, all that stuff. Stop it all. Tarot cards, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Stop that. Uh, and uh, stop sinning, of course. For Catholics, we recommend to go to the, the sacrament of confessions, the beautiful sacraments, and then a pra- practice of faith. And we, of course, use also what we call sacramentals. Uh, we use holy water, which really does <laughs> cast out those demons. We use it. We have a crucifix like above my shoulder here. Uh, and so we use holy objects to sanctify a place. Okay. Well, that's that's good, good advice, good information. Uh, before I let you go, um, can you tell people how they can, I know you have, we talked about pre-show, you have, you have, you have quite a following. Um, so where people can, can find you, um, where they can find previous podcasts you've been on, previous, previous content, your books, all that good stuff. The easy thing is, is to go to our website. We have an app too. The app is Catholic Exorcism. The website is very simple, www.catholicexorcism.org. And uh, go there. And you've got all sorts of prayers, videos, you know, registrations, uh, everything you could want, all things exorcistic. All right. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, thank you so much for coming on Finding Freedom. God bless you and John and all those listening. Thank you. All right. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Finding Freedom. And, you know, not everyone who listens to my show 
is a Christian, um, believes in, uh, you know, God, believes in good versus evil, and that's okay. That's fine. Um, hopefully, you were still able to take something away from this, um, maybe at least learn what other people believe, what people who are of the Catholic faith, faith or the Christian faith, what they believe. So hopefully you found some value in that. Hopefully, in the very least, I hope you were, were entertained by it. But on a serious note, um, if you are of this belief or if you're curious about you know learning more about Christianity, hopefully this lit a spark, um, lit a little fire inside you, uh, which is going to um, really drive that that curiosity to uh, really pursue and and to to learn more about this faith. Um, if you're along that, if if you want to pursue that path, if you don't, you know what, it's not your time. That's fine. Uh, please consider joining our Lions of Liberty Pride. You can do so by going to Patreon.com/LionsofLiberty or LionsofLiberty.locals.com. We have bonus content. We have a show called Degenerate Gamblers. We have a show called Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups. We have Brian's Daily Show, which I will not say out loud on this show because it's not appropriate uh, for a show where we just talk to a Catholic priest. Um, But it's all uh, entertaining stuff, and we do pour a lot back into uh, our patrons, I think more so than any other, at least liberty-leaning, freedom-leaning podcast out there. So... Check it out if you like it. You know, join for as little as five dollars a month. If you like it, stay a while. You know, maybe even bump up to a higher level and uh, and see the different access that you get. And uh, yeah, there's nothing bad that can come from it. I promise. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully, everyone has a safe Halloween, a safe week, safe beginning, and a fun beginning uh, to the month of November, kick, kicking off into that holiday season. And I will talk to you all next week. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fire's liberty burning. <laughs>